Okay, thank you all for being here at uh, Living the Writing Life. And today my guest is Angela Palazzola. And uh, she's, we've known each other for a really long time. I can't even remember when we met. But um, I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about herself. And then we will talk about how COVID-19 has impacted our creativity. So Angela, go for it. Well, first, Nancy, I have to congratulate you on everything you do for all the writers out there. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, and so, okay, something about me. Uh, I started to write when I was very young and just played around with it. And then uh, the idea came to me that I maybe I should consider this seriously when I was in about fourth grade. And my grades were average, math and everything. I was just not a standout student. But the teacher asked us to write a story. And after I had written it, she just looked incredulous, like she couldn't believe that I had actually written it. I felt so uncomfortable. <laughs> and, uh, but then I thought it must be good. And then after that, many years later, I went into freelance work. And I've done over 100 articles for magazines and newspapers, et cetera. And um, after that, uh, I got into theater and started to write plays. So it's, it's been a long, a long trip, but here I am. Oh, well, you have certainly covered all of it. I, myself, I've never tried playwriting. I, I would imagine that takes a whole different skill set because where when you're writing stories, you can put in all the little bit of background so that the reader knows what's going on when you're doing uh, plays or you're writing, you know, uh, screen treatments. It's it's like you have to use, you have some physical cues for the actors, but it so much of it depends on the conversation, on the dialogue. So, um, so you know, I'm I'm impressed. You know, I think that's that's a uh, thing to to transfer over. And spe uh, speaking of that. Um, it's true that even though you're writing a play instead of a story, you still need to build the character and the arcs in the story, the same as you do for a novel, most likely, or a short story. Mm -hmm. And what I found interesting to learn was that there's this one writer who acts out all her characters before she writes a short story or a novel. She actually will act out exactly what the character is doing. And I don't know if that helps her to come up with the dialogue. <laughs> but uh, to work for her. Mm -hmm. That's very, very interesting. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure you, like me, like all the other writers out there, we had great plans for 2020, you know, whatever oh, we were yeah. going to do. I mean, I, I had a new book that came out in the beginning of May. So I had all these uh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I was <laughs> excited about it. I had a trip to Florida planned. I had all this and then the pandemic hit and it has just been um, interesting. I mean, knock wood, none of my family members, none of my friends have been physically impacted by it. But, you know, from a psychological perspective, it, it hits everybody in a different way. Um, and one of the things I, I wanted us to talk about a little bit was in terms of your own work, your writing work, how has the virus and and the uh you know the social distancing distancing aspect and staying at home and all that 
did that help you to be more creative? Did that impact your writing? Did all the worries, because who could wake up in the morning and go to bed at night without being worried? You know, you do a sneeze once and you're thinking, do I have it? How, how did that impact your own creativity in, in terms of projects you were working on or maybe things you were considering working on? Well, I'm also, um, I dabble in doing short stories, but I hope to take that more, more seriously at some point. And uh, after a few weeks had passed, I would wake up from sleep and I would suddenly have an idea for a story. And this continued on, on for a while, but I had to decide, would that make a better play or a better story, a short play or a yeah. short story? So I have found, uh, and, and I'm not surprised this happened because uh, they say about the writer's retreats that when you go there, after a few days being in the retreat experience, you start to come up with ideas. So as being at home, stuck at home, I guess, acted like the retreat, I would say. Um, you know, and I'm curious. Now, for me, I always, I've always worked out of my home. I've been working out of my home office for almost 25 years now. And I live alone, so I'm used to that. But, you know, I don't don't have much of a social life. So um, the whole uh, stay at home and only go out when you got to run to the grocery store is pretty much the way my life is normally. You know, the, the biggest change for me is consciously thinking, okay, I'm getting in my car. Do I have my mask? Do I have my gloves? Do I, how fast can I get in and out? Um, so from that standpoint, it didn't change my life much. How did that isolation, uh, that enforced isolation, did that change your life from what your normal uh, living arrangements were? Well, Nancy, I'm pretty close to the same thing. I mostly stay at home to write. <laughs> I do have a husband. I do have a husband. And, uh, uh, but uh, it's pretty much the same for me as for you. Mm -hmm. But it still was difficult because I miss the face-to-face -face communication with people. And thank God for Zoom and for the virtual uh, um, things we have. Um, so some writers have gone on to cre create virtual groups. So you can join and you're able to write something and share it and then get feedback, which I think is a fabulous idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, now, I, I'm interested, when you, when you had talked about the stories that you kept coming up with, were those stories, now as you're looking at them, were those stories influenced by what was going on? Were there, were there things in the stories and you could look at them and go, oh yeah, I'm writing this story because in some way what's happening in the real world has affected it, or were they completely unrelated to COVID-19 and, and all that? They were, no, uh, it didn't associate with the COVID. It was mm -hmm. uh, completely different. Uh, and also I tend to like science fiction, although this is a perfect a scenario, isn't it, uh, for science yeah. fiction? Oh, yeah. yeah it, but it was more kooky kinds of things that came up uh it didn't seem to uh, to relate to to the to, to our experience right now mm -hmm. and that you know that may have been 
a bit of a break. I don't know about you, but sometimes for me, because we all know I like to write short stories, sometimes for me, um, my short stories might be influenced by uh, something going on in my life, not so much the actual event, but the emotion that it generates. And sometimes I go complete 180 and try to write, almost try to use my writing as an escape, just go completely somewhere else so that for that time period that I'm writing, I'm not thinking about what's really happening. You know, um, one thing that, that COVID reminded me and, you know, I'm sure you, like I have had experiences in your life where it's sort of like, you kind of walk up to the possibility of something really bad potentially happening to you, you know, like while you're waiting for a test result or all those little fun things, or somebody close to you has a major health problem or whatever. And you start thinking, you know, as my father would say, you're not a spring chicken anymore. So if there's something you want to do, you better do it now. And, and I think in some way, um, COVID has reminded me of that, that, um, you know, you, you don't have forever. If there are certain things that you want to accomplish with your life, with your writing, you better do it now. Was, did you have similar experiences like that or thoughts like that? Um, if I did, I'm not sure I can recall that. But um, what I, what my problem is I have trouble. What I need is I need glue to put my butt on the chair. Because that to me is the most difficult part is sitting down to write. I get easily distracted, easily distracted. And with this COVID thing going on, I've been more easily distracted because of all the little things I have to think about, um, like the shopping and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I guess what I'm trying to do, which I've always tried to do, is to make myself sit down and start to write. And in fact, I want to tell you something. I do the a cryptogram each day in, in the newspaper. And today's cryptogram was just faded for, 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 for this program. I'm going to read it to you. Start writing no matter what. The water does not flow until the faucet is turned on. Oh, how appropriate that is. And that, and is, a, true. that is attributed to Louis L'Amour, who I haven't had a chance yet to look on the web to see who, who he is. I think is I think he's a Western writer. I've never read anything by him, but for some reason, I'm thinking he wrote westerns. I could be completely okay. Wrong. But yeah, I mean that's that's absolutely true. So you don't have a a regular routine for your writing where from this time to this time I'm sitting at my desk. I'm sitting at my uh, computer. No, I don't. But I have a great story about someone who does. <laughs> Oh, the let's writer, hear it. It's a writer I had I had heard of some time ago. And she purposely would ask her husband to lock her in her study and not open the door till it was lunchtime and then lock it again till, I don't know, three or four o'clock. And that's the only way she could make herself right. Now, I oh, don't wow. suggest that for anybody. No. <laughs> <laughs> but some some people like me obviously need some stronger, you know, whatever <laughs> and, and, and stronger encouragement ah, ah see and I am I am just the opposite I it could be because 
I've been self-employed for ever. Uh, even before I started my business, um, I was self-employed when I was married. We had a business together. So I am, I'm, I'm, I'm just like this really totally anal person when it comes to a schedule. I mean, I'm up at four in my office by five. Even when I'm traveling, it's like, okay, how can, how can I do this? Even if it means while I'm sitting in the airport, which I have no intention of sitting in anytime soon, you know, this is my schedule whether I'm at home, whatever. Um, the biggest challenge for me is because I work full-time as a freelance copywriter, uh, I had to find time for what I call my writing, my fiction, my books. Because, I mean, let's face it, they're not going to be paying the bills like the copywriting pays the bills. So, And because I'm a morning person, I spend like the first couple hours in the morning that's when I do my writing. And then from nine o'clock on, I belong to my clients. You know, it's, it's just, that is just the way it is. And, and I have, I've stuck to that schedule for so long. I mean, it works for me, but, um, you know, everybody has to find their own thing. Some people are, are better at night too. You know, I, I couldn't write beans at night because, not when you get up at four in the morning, you're, I'm pretty much useless after eight o'clock. So if you were only able to bottle that, I would buy gallons <laughs> and whatever it is that makes you do that. <laughs> oh, it's just, um, yeah, it, it's just been really, really interesting. But um, yeah, you know, I've, I've talked to other writers too about how this whole experience has affected us. I, I do meet, I, we, we had um, a writing group that would meet once a month at the library. That is something I miss. You know, we, I think the last time we met was February. And I think possibly by March, everything was being shut down. And even though the libraries are slowly starting to open, we're not, they're not having, you know, some of the groups meeting yet. And quite frankly, most of us are in that age range where we're not quite ready to take the risk, even though it's a small group. Mm -hmm. But um, that I do miss because it, it was, it was good to be able to share things with other people, get some feedback on what you're working on now. I'm just kind of like, well, I'll read it to myself. And sometimes I say, wow, this is good. And sometimes I say, wow, this is really, really bad. You know, it's, it can be, um, it can be a little challenging. And, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not, since I've never written for plays in that, how does that work for you? Like when you, when you write something that you know is going to be a play, at which stage how do you how do you get feedback on it what what is your process to to get some feedback to see whether or not everything hangs together right how how does that work well um if you're fortunate you can get some actor friends together to read it for you mm -hmm. and that's what typically is done yeah and i have to add something that uh Description has never been my strong suit when it comes to fiction. Mm -hmm. So I have to make myself put in some description. So that's what I like about plays. You don't have to describe anything. You just have to put what the actor says. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you there. I mean, uh, you know, and it's really funny because I'm, I'm sure 
you know what the scene looks like, mm-hmm. but it's just getting it, describing it accurately. And I tend to shortcut that. And then when I go back through and do all the revisions, it's kind of like, okay, you know, make it real. One of my favorite authors to read for really good descriptions is Shirley Jackson. Because ah. when I read her short stories, and I, you know, I may have read them a million times, or even like The Haunting of Hill House. You could read it a million times, and you are still going to get goosebumps. So sometimes I will sit there, and right after the goosebumps show up, it's like, how did she do that? What? Because it's not like she goes into lots of description, but it is just so on point. And you can you can see as you go through a, a story that she's written, how she adds this element and that element, and and it's it's like um, it's almost like decorating a room. She keeps right. putting these pieces in, and so by the time the story's done, you have this completely furnished room, you know, <laughs> in in a sense in terms of emotion. But it's the virtual. I'm sorry. What? No, I'm, I, I apologize. Uh, the virtual group that I'm in, what they stressed right at the beginning, uh, in addition to having the background identification, is to stress the senses, uh, you know, like what you're feeling, hearing, tasting, seeing in the story mm-hmm. uh, also. So that combined with what you just talked about would make a pretty good story. Yeah, that, that would because... Because if you think about it, all of our senses come into play. I mean, mm-hmm. if you think about a time when you went into a, into a place that you weren't familiar with, um, and it generated, uh, say it made you feel extremely uncomfortable, you know, the question is, well, what was it? Was it the color of the walls? Was it a smell? Was it a sound? You know what? You're right. It, I mean, it, it's not just, it's not like you walked into a strange place and you, you were uncomfortable for no reason at all. There's always something that generates the emotion. And, and I think that is, that's the way, or that's the thing we really have to look at when we're writing, when we're really, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, is to create those, that uh, connection between description and emotion because they really are so intertwined Mm -hmm. um going back to um what you said about working on a short story and then i think you had told me also that you're you were working um on a virtual production of your last staged uh play was it right yeah um i belong with four other women uh in a theater group ad hoc productions in Columbus, Ohio. And we take turns directing, acting, and uh, one of them had written a play and we staged it two two years ago. Mm. And uh, it's a two person play. So it makes it really good for for the virtual theater. Um, And so we're redoing it and we're going to show it on the web. or through Zoom. I'm not sure how, how it's done, the, uh, uh, the technical aspect. I, I don't know. <laughs> but, but when it's a two-person play, I kind of like that because I've seen other plays where there are several actors in it. And when you look at a stage, you're used to looking from left to right and right to left. 
but if there's four or more people in, in, in another production and they're all on at the same time, you find yourself looking up, down, sideways, around, and all different directions. And I didn't feel that to be a real, a real kind of experience for me. Mm -hmm. Although I've had heard that some theaters do do a pretty good job with it. I just haven't come across any as of now. Um, so we have this two-person play, and uh, we're looking forward to putting it on. And it's supposed to air Ju June the 20th. Well, that's going to be fascinating. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Um, let me know when that's up. I'd, I'd love to, to watch it. You know, that, that makes me think, too, that might be a different way sometimes when you're working on getting feedback on your writing is instead of like in our group you know if i want feedback on something then i have my 15 minutes to read it out loud it might be kind of interesting if it features two people to get two members of the group and have them read it you know and then i can just throw in the, the narrative part, but, you know, sometimes, sometimes when you hear somebody else speak the words or the dialogue, it may, um, it may hit things and you say, oh, that doesn't sound, sound right. right. Well, you know, it, it looks like, you know, knock wood, we, we might be having a little loosening of, of our restrictions. So, from a creative standpoint, what are some of the things you're going to do as we can get out and about more to kind of recharge your creative juices? Well, uh, probably not much for the juices because <laughs> I'm in Franklin County and the numbers here are higher than other counties. Mm. And because I'm not a spring chicken, I uh, I would rather stay at home. I might go to a doctor's appointment for a checkup. Uh, no, actually, my doctor told me she wants to do it through the telehealth. Through the telehealth. Okay. So, so we're going to do that. So really, right now, you know, I'm just kind of staying not. put. Yeah, a Zoom has become my best friend. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I it really, you know, this this was not something I had really played with before. I mean, mm -hmm. I had done a couple other interviews, but this whole idea of actually hosting something and doing a podcast and even the uh, the little story time videos I'm doing for my book. I mean, that was all. What, what's that saying? Necessity is the mother of invention. I mean, I didn't know what else to do. You know, I mean, you had to come up with something really fast and virtual was the way, way to go. It was, it's been a real learning process, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you, you know, now I'm up, I'm in Youngstown, so that's kind of in the Northeastern part of the state, but I'm not in a big hurry to go anywhere. Um, I, I just, I figure, you know, if it hasn't hit me yet, why well, look for trouble? But um, I, I will be glad when our group can get together again. I, I, right. think, I think that would, that would be nice. And, you know, I, I think we can pretty much, you know, there's, there's a couple of writing conferences that I wanted to go to, and mm. I can see they're already shifting now to virtual. So I've gone to one virtual conference. Yeah, I mean, they're, it's okay. You know, I mean, you, you still get a lot of value from a virtual conference, but what you don't get is the sitting around while you're all eating lunch or dinner, or mm -hmm. if it's a weekend Perfect. conference, like when I went to the Florida Writers Conference, you know, a whole weekend and, and you're talking shop and that. I mean, that's not going to happen this year. 
that's I think they've already said that one's going to be virtual. So um, it's just kind of a question of okay, well then we better better be productive for the time that that we're spending here alone, trying to make the most out of out of our work. But um, but yeah, you know it'll be it'll be kind of interesting. Is there is there anything in particular that you've got on your to do list in terms of writing um, that you want to work on next? There, there is. I mean, over the decades, I've written quite, quite a few short stories, and some of them, which surprised me, seem good. So I'm going to work on those <laughs> and see if I can can compile them and I and do something with it. I, I'm not sure, but I'll I'll give it a try. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, I I think sometimes we we write, but then we don't take that next step. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have so many short stories that I consider done that are sitting on my computer that I just haven't gotten around to send any anywhere. And then I have more that are done in the first draft that, okay, now, now you got to go back and clean them up. But it's, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, uh, I'll get to them. I'll get to them. But then a new, new <laughs> idea comes out, out of nowhere and you're like, okay, let me follow that one. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. But it is, um, it is, you know, I, I think sometimes writers spend so much time in our heads that maybe COVID hasn't impacted us as much as it has been people who are used to going into the office that are really struggling oh, sure. with, you know, with the whole idea mm -hmm. of how do I work out of my home and, and God forbid you've got kids there too, because right. that, you know, and I think back to when my kids were young, I mean, this, this would have been a nightmare scenario. So I... Mm -hmm. I applaud all those parents who have been struggling through these months because I had it easy. You know, it was just me. I didn't have to worry about anybody else. But um, but it has been been interesting, and and um, you know, I, I and that's kind of why I started this podcast because I thought, you know, if I can't meet with other writers in person, let me just have these conversations because everybody has a a different perspective on what it's like to be living the writing life and how we integrate it with, you know, I, I call it the writing life and the real life, you know, <laughs> normal life. And, and it's always interesting yeah. to see how people are doing it. So I, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your expertise and, and, you know, what you're working on, what you what you're struggling with, what your goals are in terms of, of, of writing. And, um, you know, we'll see where, where we all end up when this is all, all done with. But um, is there anything else you wanted to add before we close the show? Um, well, I guess um, what's good is to try to be as, to heighten the creativity that we have. And some experts say you can do that by uh, doing things differently. If you always have a regular way of doing something, just do it differently. If you're walking in one direction all the time, go from the upstairs to downstairs or whatever. <laughs> However, your house or place, you know, do something different. Uh, you know, you can put unusual things on your desk. I think it was Dr. Jeffrey Epstein who wrote an article, a wonderful article years ago in Psychology Today, all about increasing your creativity. And he said something about if you put odd things on your desk, uh, I can't think of what exactly what he said, but maybe a stuffed animal and uh, uh, 
and a pair of pliers. If you put that on your desk, your brain will be working differently all day. So even though we're stuck inside, we can still increase our creativity. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Just even just the whole idea, like you said, of being in a, in a, a different room, um, you know, putting something, making some kind of a change. So right. even whether it's a, a little change on your desk, whether it's a big change like repainting your office, whatever it takes, but, you know, definitely because sometimes we do have to shake things up, you know, we right. get in a rut and that's not good for writing. That's not good in general. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, you know, and my, my mind is just caught between a stuffed animal and a pair of pliers. <laughs> that, I'm sorry, that sounds really <laughs> ominous. I mean, it just does not sound good. And you uh, kind of wonder at some point, is the stuffed animal going to use the pliers? <laughs> is the person going to use, I mean, okay. Well, you know. I just have to clarify, the doctor did not say that I made that up which oh. i wonder what it says about me but that's, well. that's okay this is true well and on that <laughs> interesting little note we will we'll end our little episode today but thanks so much for being part of of the show and you know let me know when your production goes live i'd like to see how that worked out Thank you, Nancy. I really appreciate it. And please stay safe. And everybody out there, stay safe. Please wear your mask. Please distance. Please wash your hands and everything else. Absolutely. We do it for everyone else because we, you know, we want to do it for the other people. It's not for us. Well, the hand washing is for us, but right. definitely <laughs> the mask and the social distancing mm -hmm. because we, we owe it to each other to protect each other. So that's right. All right, take it Alrighty. easy, and thanks so much for being part of uh, Living the Writing Life. Thank you, Nancy. All right, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.